Hello and welcome to another episode of Life Changes You. Today, I've got someone all the way from Canada called Derek, who's from Young Alcoholic, um, an Instagram page, and he's got a website. So I'd like to welcome Derek. How are you, Derek? Well, I'm doing just great today, thanks, and I appreciate you having me on. That's great. It's good to talk to you. I mean, I um, I contacted you because I thought your story was really important, and uh, I think it will resonate with younger people who listen, or if their parents listen, you know, they can always say, hey, have a listen to this podcast, because this guy has been through something that you're going through, and, you know, it might change the way you see life. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm uh, 40 years old. I live here in uh, Winnipeg, Canada. I'm a civil engineer technologist, and I've been sober now for nine and a half years. Well, congratulations. Uh, yeah, thanks. And I do a lot of travel. I like playing guitar, a pretty uh, like a practicing musician, and really enjoying life these days. So you were a bit of a drinker when you were younger. Do you want to explain what you mean by that? Yeah, well, I kind of got a, maybe a bit later started. I didn't really start drinking until I was 18. And I, uh, you know, went out the first couple of times and it was pretty casual. And then I had my high school graduation and I, looking back, you know, just right away, the warning signs of what was to come was there because, uh, you know, started off like a, any other night where a couple of drinks and that. And by the end of the night, I was just, uh, you know, drunk as I could get and yeah. sick and feeling like garbage and, you know, at the time you thought nothing of it, but looking back, you know, I was just typical me who once you started, you couldn't stop. And so were you with a group of friends that would drink together or were you starting to drink on your own? Definitely at first it was pretty much social only. Uh, We would, you know, go to bars and clubs. Uh, I'd go with some old school buddies and that. And it was nothing out of the unordinary. It felt like you were just doing kind of what you do at that age, you know, go out and party and, and drink and that. But uh, you know, as years went on, it definitely started uh, turning into isolated drinking, uh, you know, drinking on my own. And I always remember, like, as time went on, you know, friends were completing school and, um, yeah. you know, moving out, getting houses, moving into careers. And I was still drinking and I would sort of shift the crowd I was hanging out with to accommodate my drinking right yeah and it just started feeling like people were progressing in life and i was really standing still what was the point that you that you decided that drink wasn't working for you i uh, i was maybe around like 25 ish somewhere in that area and you know back then internet wasn't quite what it was now i mean we're talking yeah 15 years ago but I remember getting one of like finding one of those pamphlets and it was like 10 signs you're an alcoholic and, you know, do you drink in the morning? Do you drink on the weekend? Do you drink to socialize, to escape? So and how many of those 10 did you tick off? Well, I could have ticked off all of them probably, but you know, in your mind, you reason yeah, yeah. to support the addiction. Yeah. And I always think it's the addictions kind of doing its thing and, and, yeah. and justifying your drinking. So but that's when my curiosity started, you know, is around then. And then I remember at the time I had a breakup with a girlfriend and she wrote me a letter and then kind of went over a few things. And then I remember it clear as day. She said, one thing that concerns me is your drinking. Right. And it was one of the first times somebody from the outside really shone a light on it and, and brought it to my attention like that. 
And that kind of reinforced some of the thoughts that I was having, you know, about, boy, am I an alcoholic? Do I have an issue? Why is it that I'm always the one getting drunk every time? Yeah. So did you try and reason with that letter? Yeah, a little bit, you know, thinking, oh, she's just being fussy or picky. I'm doing what people my age do. Um, You know, denial, just denial in that kind of stage. Denial slash curiosity. But you were almost afraid to be curious. Yeah. Like, because it felt like, why me, you know, uh, why me? Why am I going through this? I'm the only one. No one will understand. Yeah what's wrong with like all those thoughts. Yeah. 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 I was just going to say, and I guess when, when you're thinking like that, it's not actually your normal brain thinking it's your drunk brain. And so it's really hard to get clarity when your brain is still probably drunk and you're trying to think through, well, is this the right thing for me? Should I, you know, I, I guess it depends on how much you were drinking at the time, depends on how clearly you could see an outside or an out from drinking oh for sure and when i always think like the further you get into that lifestyle yeah. your level of uh, of what's normal deteriorates so your definition of this is normal is you know a lot more skewed than probably what your average person would think yeah and also and i so, guess the, yeah. the fear of how will i feel when i don't have a drink you know i mean because we always go oh you know alcoholics drug addicts should stop doing drugs, stop drinking. But for that person having to think about what it will feel like to not have that substance in you, you've got, you've got to really clean yourself out. And then what's life going to be like on that side? Yeah. And that was so hard to imagine at the time. Yeah. Like just imagining a life without alcohol. I remember a little later on, I went to an addictions counselor Speaking of this woman, and I said, how will I ever travel again if I don't drink? And she said to me, oh, you'll be able to. And I thought, lady, there is no way. Like, you don't know. (laughs) And I'd like to track her down and give her an apology and say, boy, you were right. Um, Because I've been able to since. But at the time, you just can't see. It just seems hopeless sometimes. And you just can't envision a life without it because it's been a part of you for so long. And I guess that's one of the hardest things. It becomes part of your life, doesn't it? And so looking at your life without that and say you've been drinking for 10, 15 years, it's like it's unfathomable. <laughs> I can't say that word. It's unthinkable. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It, uh, yeah, you just, it's hard to quantify in your brain, like what does life look like without alcohol? And then all the small things, like what do I do at my friend's wedding next month? How do I tell people at the Christmas party I'm not drinking? Yeah. What do I do when my friend's birthday comes around? You know, I go out to my buddy's cabin. Uh, yeah. How am I going to get by? And it just, it seems like you can't survive in a sober world. So what do you think was your absolute lowest point? Uh, you know, I didn't have, I don't think, a r- crushing rock bottom moment like most people. What had happened is I went eight months sober when I was, I think, 29, 30. Yep. So I had eight months of sobriety because I'd had a real rough crash kind of thing and got in some trouble at work by not showing up type of thing. Cause I was drinking and drank through, you know, unaccountable. And yeah. so I had these eight months of sobriety and, and, you know, the first month was tough, but then after a few months, you know, things got good. And so at eight months in, I went on a golf trip with some friends yep. and in my mind, I was like, I'm going to drink on this golf trip. Right. Yeah. It's out of town. We're going for yep. a couple of days, like a stag kind of thing, a uh, bachelor party. 
And I thought, I'm going to drink. I'm going to leave it out of town. I'm going to come back home. It's going to be business as usual. Yeah. Went out of town, drank, followed me home, drank for four days straight or three days straight, missed work again, Yeah. Uh, you know, unaccounted for. And then I didn't get the help I needed. And the drinking continued for about three weeks until I finally did like a four-day binge where I was just drinking around the clock, morning, night, staying in a hotel, yeah. uh, again, missing work, not even phoning in. And I remember waking up at the end of that binge in my bed and I missed that eight months of sobriety. I missed the calm yeah. and the peace and the tranquility yeah. as I laid there thinking like my world's over. I'm in trouble. Why have I done this? Like, why am I in this situation again? Yeah. And that for me was the real moment when I was like, I have to do this for myself. Yeah. And not because an employer wants me to, not because a partner is pressuring me. I need to do it for myself because I can't live like this anymore. Yeah, yeah. And that's what did it for me. So when you came out of it, how long do you think it took? Because we live in a, a, a time where people think, oh, I'm going to do this and it's done straight away. So how long would you say was your recovery? I mean, I guess you're still recovering because even though you're not, you haven't drunk for nine and a half years, people still say, oh, but you, you were an alcoholic. Yeah, you were, but now you're not. But so you've recovered through it. How long would you say your actual recovery was? Well, I definitely was in AA for the first couple of years. I haven't honestly been in probably five or six years. And to your listeners, please don't uh, take that as a sign to quit your recovery <laughs> program. I, you know, what works for people, everyone is different. And I found my footing in other ways. But I was doing the recovery program very intently for a year um, right away because, one, the employer required it for me to keep my head to kind of have a battle plan. Right. And I'm glad I needed that level of accountability. Despite yep. wanting to do it for myself, I needed the added accountability. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was going to meetings probably three to four days a week and doing a, another side little counseling thing as well that lasted for maybe a month. Yep. But it, uh, I would say, you know, that for, I always think that first year it really is a strong measure because in that year you've experienced Christmas, Thanksgiving, yeah. New Year's, a birthday, you've experienced every event that you used to justify drinking yeah. through. And for me, that one year was a definite milestone. And I don't mean that as in, oh, a year has gone by, I'm cured. Yeah. But it really was a sign to me of like, hey, you actually can do this. Yeah. Well, I think you've just uh, explained that as well, where you said, you know, you went on a, a bachelor weekend to play golf and you thought, oh, look, I'll just drink this weekend. And how you explained it shows how easy it is to get back into that cycle without even really thinking you're getting into another cycle because you went out, you had a few drinks with your mates and came home, carried on drinking. And it wasn't as easy as you thought it was before you went away, was it? No, not at all. And it, it, uh, accelerated very quickly in those three weeks that I did drink too. And I remember, and you know, you go to meetings and, you know, uh, you hear other people sharing and, and certain times you just you'd hardly listen. And other times things really resonate with you. And I remember somebody saying, if you stop drinking, when you start again, you start where you left off. Yeah. 
And uh, I don't know how true that is, but boy, it felt that way for me. And now I'd be terrified to start again and pick up where I left off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, when I was in my 20s, I... I did drink a lot. We went out to clubs. We went out to bars. We all drank. And I think when I was about 28, 29, I actually had two people in my life which were alcoholics and I would see them falling down drunk, not being able to string a sentence together. And one day I just went, I don't need to drink anymore. And so Hmm. I will rarely have a a glass of wine or something. We had a celebration for the business I run with a friend of mine and, um, I think it was when we, we got audited to say that, yes, we were registered to work, but we uh, register the business. And we went out and we had a glass of wine. I think she had champagne and we both got halfway through it and went, I don't really like this. And it's just, I think because we, I'd been away from alcohol for so long, I just, I just don't even appreciate what I guess wine connoisseurs would go, Oh, this is great. To me, it just seems like <laughs> pointlessness, but as I, you know, like I, I, I guess maybe I was an alcoholic in my younger days because I would, any night we went out partying, we would drink shots and everything. But then there there came a time where I just went and it was probably seeing these two people who just couldn't cope with their life. And it might've been similar to yours where they weren't turning up for work. They weren't turning up when they had to go out for a dinner party or something like that. And I just went, you know what? I don't need to drink, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it impacted me beyond just that going to work, you say a dinner party. I mean, my, parents would invite me over for dinner and I'd be, yeah, I'll be there. And then, you know, I, I would start drinking three hours before and then I'd be too embarrassed to show up yeah. and ashamed, you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just was unaccountable to so many people in my life. Uh, and it, I just hate it. Like it was the worst feeling because you had the guilt, the yeah. shame, the feeling of failure on top of the battle of addiction that you're dealing with as well. Because and, I guess uh, it's also like you're really loving the drinking at the time because you're addicted to it. But as you say, you've got all those feelings in your head of guilt and shame because of things you're missing out on, not turning up for, not making calls for. Um, so it's a real battle in your head, isn't it, about, well, I really want to drink, but I feel all these things as well. It's an absolute, yeah, devil and angel on each shoulder yeah. kind of, you know, one telling you no and the other, yeah, and not just so often the devil had the louder voice. Yeah. And, you know, I can remember sitting outside of like a beer vendor in my car, looking at like for 45 minutes, tempted to go in and buy some beer. And, and, you know, when I was in a kind of a middle recovery stage, um, tempted to go in and then no. And and I remember once driving away and feeling like the weight of the world slipping off my shoulders when I didn't go in to buy. But that's the type of mental, you know, arguments that you were just sort of constantly enduring. Well, talking to people who have been addicted to drugs, they've said that it's like you're waiting outside for someone to turn up to buy from and you're almost, you're in a, um, I guess, a euphoric state because you're so excited about it, but then with the devil and the angel. On the other side, you're thinking, I can't do this. I can't do it. I shouldn't do it. Why am I doing it? You know, they've been sober or off drugs for so long, but they said that that feeling really takes over. And then when you, as you said, the, the weight of the world comes off you as you drive off, they said for the first hour or two hours afterwards, when you drive away, it's like, well, why didn't I get it? I'm stupid. I wanted it. Why? You know, and there's all these questions, but they say after that one or two hours, they feel like I'm glad I didn't go back, you know, but it's almost like they get themselves into a heightened state of, Oh, I'm going to do this. 
Um, and then they say, no, I'm not going to. And then it's dealing with that sort of, I guess, a bit of regret, but then going into the, wow, I did it again. I, I walked away. I didn't do that. Yeah, for sure. Until three hours later, and then they're back waiting again. Like it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's this victory defeat kind of uh, lifestyle. And it, uh, yeah, it just, it got tough because it just took up so much of your mental resources and yeah. emotional resources living that way where it always revolved around it. But look, you came through it. And here I am today. Uh, couldn't be happier. Yeah. And, and now I guess, look, you might still have negative thoughts about things, but I guess your feelings aren't the same as what they were when you were trying to hide everything you were doing because now you're your authentic self. Absolutely. My as a personality is totally different. And it's not like when I drank, I was a, I was never a bad person. I was just stuck dealing with this addiction. But yeah. now I'm like, I'm honest. I don't lie. I feel bad if I lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas when I drank, I lied all the time. And it wasn't because I took pleasure in being um, dishonest. You know, mischievous. Yeah, dishonest. It was simply out of shame for admitting what I was doing and going through. I didn't want to share. I didn't want to tell people. Yeah. And back then... There was no Instagram pages. There was no Facebook communities. There were like your, your resources were so much more limited yeah. to, you know, the in-person meetings or a counselor. Um, but you, you just didn't have these, you jump on Instagram now and I'm connected with thousands of people that can relate and are going through the same thing. And, and no one I, I know has to know that now I'm at a point where I don't care. I'm happy yeah. to share, but yeah. you know, especially when you're first struggling out, you don't want anyone to know. What a phenomenal tool these online resources are. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Because you can, you know, I mean, most of the time you can Google, as long as you're not using it as Dr. Google, but you, you can Google things uh, that can help you. And, you know, it might just be a small thing that you find on the internet, but it changes the way you think. And it's changing your mindset, isn't it? Big time. It just gives you different perspective, ways of thinking of things, you know, you just never maybe considered. And that's what I found the value in the, in the group meetings because I would hear so many people share and uh, you know, a lot of the stuff just in one ear out the other, but then you'd hear a couple of real strong points that people would share that yeah. just hit home. And one, like another huge one was people would say to me periodically, you know, a 50, 60 year old would say, boy, I wish I had to quit when I was your age. Yeah. And that's a comment I took to heart all the time. And that's part of what motivated this young alcoholic yeah, is, you know, I'm telling people, boy, if you think you got a problem or an issue like great, you know, not a not a, you know, you're, you're normal. That's OK. Yep. Do something about it now. Don't wait till you're 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, act on it because you're just going to waste another 10 or 20 years of your life fighting it. Yeah, definitely. So now that you're in a better place, what are the positives that have come out of <laughs> stopping drinking? Well, so I stopped uh, when I was 28. I had a really bad back injury. I was still drinking then. And when I was 30, I enrolled in college. Yep. And uh, my first year of college, I was drinking and I really struggled. But uh, since quitting drinking, I completed college, got my uh, civil engineering technologist diploma, uh, graduated. I got myself into a good career now that I'm very proud of. Yep. Uh, I bought a house. I started traveling sober um, multiple times, you know, Asia in the last couple of years, a few times, Europe, Hawaii, like I'm all over. I've been playing in bands again, yeah. uh, musically connecting a lot better. I mean, I remember showing up and had some band practices in the past, just could hardly even pick up the guitar. Didn't even know which one was mine, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and now, you know, showing up early, ready to go prepared. 
Uh, I've the, the bonds with my family, they never, I was always close with my family, but now we're, you know, extremely close. Uh, We're talking every day. Um, You know, we're doing a lot together. It's just strength in that, those relationships. And I find mentally, I'm just a better person. I find that I, I deal with things better. You know, whenever I'm in kind of a stressful situation of that, I just think, well, at least you're not drunk. And, you know, no matter what I'm dealing with, I can think, yeah, like that's the worst it gets is dealing with addiction and, and, you know, missing work, like all of that chaos. Yeah. If you can endure that, you know, the rest of life just doesn't seem too bad. And there's definitely been some low points, you know, relationships ending, you know, uh, you're dating a girl and it doesn't pan out and there's, you know, a little bit of heartache and that kind of stuff. But even that, I'd rather go through that anguish sober than uh, dealing with that drinking ever again. And, and just finding different ways to, to, um, you know, emotionally release or emotion, you know, deal with those emotions instead of just drinking it away. You, you ride through it. Because when, when you come through the alcoholic haze, you're still, you've still got that problem to face. It's not like because you drank, it just went away completely. It just put it on hold until you were ready to deal with it. Exactly. Alcohol has never caught or solved anything. It, the problem's there. Yeah. Whether it's tomorrow or in four days. So, yeah. you know, just that type of stuff, like learning how to deal with things, uh, being accountable, you know, uh, for me, that's such a huge one now and accountability, honesty, you know, I'm very empathetic. Uh, addictions taught me to be very empathetic now because you never know what other people are going through. It's easy yeah. to judge somebody with a quick look or, you know, they, they come into work and they're, moody or having a bad day and that well how do you know they're not dealing with a spouse that's going through addiction uh dealing with gambling problems maybe they're in a financial crisis you know you don't know what other people are experiencing i used to try and hide it and people didn't know what battles i was dealing with Uh, it's taught me to be very empathetic towards other people and that's great that's really good because yeah we never know what other people are dealing with and most people unless you're really good friends with them and i guess even then don't actually tell you the whole truth of what's happening in their life because of being ashamed or embarrassed. Um, and so if you can treat everyone with compassion and empathy, then they've got somewhere to fall if they need to turn and say, Hey, Derek, you know, I'm having this problem. Can you give me a hand with it? Or can you give me some advice or where could I go? You know, because now you're open to that and you're ready, you've been through it. So you can assist other people. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's paid off. Like I've just, you know, at first you're so shy of even opening up and telling your parents or yeah. your partner, your brother and sister, whoever, like, hey, you know, here's the truth. I'm struggling with alcohol. Uh, it's just, it's, it's so hard to admit. And I always have to take myself back to when I did it because now I, you know, here we are chatting about it. Like it's just, you know, we're talking about the weather, but it was so hard to discuss back then. And I was so nervous to each person I opened up to. And I remember like testing it out. I remember clear as day the first time I told, you know, my first handful of people. And now that I'm open about it, I do have people, you know, approach asking me questions, approaching me saying, you know, Hey, listen, I got a brother who's struggling. Do you think he's got a problem? I have people looking for help, looking for advice. And um, I, that's one of the great things now I find about being open and honest. I'm, I'm, and I don't mean this arrogantly, but I'm past, worrying about what people think of me. Yeah. You know, I like, you want to judge me for it. You know? Yeah. If you want to judge me for it, good for you. Like have at it. 
Yeah. But it's just, it's not going to rock my world. But don't you think that those people who judge you might be hiding their own issue that they don't want to face because you're now open and honest about it. And that's great because I think that's why I wanted you on the podcast. Cause I think if you help one person who is drinking a lot, who then hears this and says, well, actually that guy did it and he's been sober nine and a half years. Maybe I can do that too. And the things you said about, um, oh, well, I went out and I went on that bachelor weekend and I thought I could do it. You know, they'll be thinking, well, yeah, I've been sober now a year and I was going to go to that party and have a few drinks, but maybe that's not a good idea. You know, so just talking it through on here actually assists people who are listening to put their mind in order of, you know, well, no, that might not be a good idea. Hey, he said this, this is a really good idea and his emotions got a lot better. He's more empathetic. You know, I want to be more like that, you know? So it, it spirals in a good way to someone listening, listening to you talking about it. And it's good that you can be open and honest about it now because it helps other people. Yeah. And that's glad. I, I'm glad to hear you say that because that's sort of why I do it is I, I guess I like to think that I'm trying to be a voice for people that haven't found their voice yet. Definitely. And when I say that, that's for people that are still doubting, that are still struggling, that are denying, um, that are in that real tough position in life where, uh, you know, I hope that by me sharing, and it's not to be, hey, look at me, like in a braggy way. I mean it like, look at what I've done. Look what I can achieve because you kick alcohol out of the way and all of a sudden it's just, uh, clear skies ahead. And I mean, that's not going to mean there isn't going to be rough patches in life, but you're far better equipped to deal with it yeah, uh, yeah. when you don't have alcoholism weighing you down. Definitely. Look, I mean, you've spoken really well about the, the whole situation you've been through and, and how other people can see that there is a light and there is a change and there is a positive side to coming through the other side. Um, where do you think you'll be in five years? Boy, you know, in five years, I don't see my life changing too dramatically. I'm uh, very happy professionally. I'm, uh, you know, a, maybe, uh, you know, a, a family uh, potentially down the road would be uh, a welcome addition. But, you know, I hope I'm still doing the alcoholic. It's, uh, I got to admit, tough. I'm not a, you know, I grew up when without social media really being a thing. So, I, I have to sometimes force myself to engage in it, uh, not for a lack of enjoyment, but because it's just not something I'm familiar with my whole life. So it's, uh, it's always a bit of a stretch with me to run in the web page and write in blogs and that because I have so many other interests in life, you know, and I hope to keep being uh, musically active in that. I perform still uh, recreationally. And uh, yeah, you know, just kind of living a good, happy life, traveling once we're able to again and uh and being positive and hopefully still connecting with people and, and, and helping people that are still finding their uh, footing with addiction. Well, look, I'm sure you'll get the handle on social media because I'm 10 years older than you and uh, <laughs> I picked it up and ran with it and now it's my new addiction. <laughs> yeah, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's the trouble. I like to keep it a healthy interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my last question was going to be, what is something that you do to keep yourself positive? But I don't think I need to ask you that because we've heard through the conversation about how positive you are and how you've changed your life around and the reasons you did and how much better you feel. So I don't think I need to ask you that. Is there anything you'd like to say? I just always think gratitude. You know, I'm, I'm always so grateful for, for what I have where I am, 
um, I try to just uh, appreciate kind of the moment where I'm at now and not kind of worry about what I don't have, but be thankful for what I do have. And whenever, if I'm feeling kind of, uh, oh, I wish I had, I just think back to where I was 10 years ago, nine and a half years ago. Yeah. Uh, I would never then have envisioned being at this place in life that I'm at now. I just, I couldn't have thought it would, was possible. Yeah, it yeah. just seemed hopeless. So, uh, you know, I always kind of remember back to that guy that was scared and, uh, and struggling and just felt like life was hopeless. And I really think gratitude is key in, uh, in maintaining, you know, a positive outlook. Well, look, I think you've, uh, you've given everybody a positive outlook on what can come if you make the change from being a, a, a drinker, maybe even drugs, is that you can lead a good life. You can go back to school. You can learn something new. You can create new things. That's one of the things I think with people that do have an addiction like alcohol or drugs, they find it really hard to be creative and to think through what they could become because they're so involved in what is happening to them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. At, uh, you know, it's ironic you, know, you say that. I remember I used to go sit at bars um, by myself and I'd sit there, you know, trying to be somebody I wasn't, you know, trying to act like I was some, uh, you know, wishing I was a professional, a business professional or, you know, living a good, happy life, trying to project uh, confidence in that. Meanwhile, it was the opposite, you know, and yeah. now I can safely say that, uh, you know, I am living this stuff because, you know, I made some good decisions by, uh, you know, getting the help I needed. Yeah, it's great. Well, thank you, Derek. It was really good talking to you, really positive. I hope that people get something from it. And um, I'm sure we'll talk again sometime down the track. Yeah, well, thanks again for having me on. I really appreciate your time. And uh, it was a really pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that was another episode of Life Changes You. If you want to contact us, we're available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we also have a website, lifechangesyou.com.au. So until next time, take care of each other and thanks for listening.